Hello, friends, and welcome to the Drama Club. On today's Hello. episode, we'll be talking about the Emmy nominations, Sandra O, oh, Scar Joe, and Steph tells us the story of Lucille Ball, the queen of TV and queen of the bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and one of us may or may not cry. <laughs> Stay tuned. On the Drama Club. What up, fam? Feels good, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I know it do. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcasting live. So this this episode is gonna drop the last day of my twenties. Yes, I can't believe it. It's the end of an era. Ooh, yeah. So everyone wish Steph a happy birthday. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm going to be 30. Uh, welcome to the club. Hell yeah. I'm pumped. Uh, actually, I've always like felt older. So like, it feels appropriate. <laughs> You've always felt older. I've always felt my exact age, I think. Really? Yeah. I've always wanted to be older. Still? Yeah, still. That's funny. My, That's cool. li- like, literally my whole life, I've wanted to be 33. <laughs> what the fuck? Why? Because, like, you look at women when they're 33 and they're, like, bomb. You know, they're, like, not little girls anymore. They're, like, you know, they're secure in their lives usually. Like, I don't know. I yeah. always wanted to be 33. It's funny because, like, Kate Middleton and Prince William got married when she was, like, 29. And I remember thinking, like, right around when she was 33 is when she, like, looked the bombest. Yeah. She was, that's when she wore that one red coat and little red hat Ooh, off the plane. I don't remember that. Oh, she looked bomb as fuck. I've always, like, I always thought Charlize Theron always looked 33. So I was like, I want to look 33. Yeah, I want to look like Charlize. I definitely want to <laughs> look like Charlize Theron. If I could just become white real quick. South, is she South African? South African. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If I could just be South African real quick. <laughs> Yeah, so everybody definitely wish Steph a happy birthday. We wouldn't be here without her. Shut up. I'm not your mom. <laughs> what the fuck? You're, uh, you're the mother of the drama club. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, no, I'm not. You're the house mother. No, I'm not. Uh. You know what I was thinking would be cool? No, if- May. Stop <laughs> thinking. What? If our theme song was some sort of remix of Escandalo. Oh my god, es man. Escandalo. Oh my god. That would be so tight. Yeah, wouldn't that be tight? Hell I'm yeah. Talk to Mike about it. I don't think it costs that much to hire La Sonora Dinamita, so I'm sure we could do it. <laughs> Get like a live version yeah. of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> and they throw our names into it. <laughs> That'd be badass. Estefani. <laughs> La May Estefani. <laughs> Escandalo. Oh, and then they could throw our little uh, jingle in it too. <laughs> es un escandalo. Cinco cero. Cinco cinco cinco. <laughs> That's coming soon. Club Club Jingle part, part two. <laughs> you have to dial a number to stream it. Oh, yeah. That would be tight, dude. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could make it like our our outgoing message or something like yeah like back in the day when you could do those ringback tones yeah that was a throwback I used to hella judge people based off what their fucking song was yours is it to this day isn't it do 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 
<laughs> I hope so. That's amazing. I'm actually fucking British. <laughs> oh, Kate Middleton. Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, <laughs> chip, chip, cheerio. <laughs> Imagine Kate Middleton was Salvadorian. <laughs> <laughs> you never know dude you, you never know uh, crazier things have happened on this podcast <laughs> right what's the matter doesn't that sound exciting to you all right let's get started my name is steph and my name is may and together we are the drama club we are the podcast all about scandals celebrity gossip Fucking talking shit about people, especially you, Kate Del Castillo and Sean Penn. <laughs> We're the founders of the Sean Penn Hate Club. <laughs> and yeah, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Is it fitting that we don't like Sean Penn and you love Madonna? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. It was it it was written. In the beginning, there was <laughs> Let me know. That's probably blasphemous. Let me stop. <laughs> okay, so uh, this week, the Emmy nominations came out. Yes. It's probably going to go to Handmaid's Tale. I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Which, I just finished the second season last night. and I, I haven't finished it. it. I haven't finished it. It was much better than the first. That's awesome. As a whole. Uh, what was the other nominee? This Is Us and The Americans. Both shows that I watched, uh, The Americans, I think, is... I've said this before. I think that The Americans is the best bad show on TV. Really? Yeah, because it's not. I don't know. Actually, it, maybe that's not true anymore because the last couple seasons, it got like a lot better. But it's I really like that show because of the dynamic between the two main characters, because they happen to be partners in real life, you know, so mm-hmm. I think it goes it goes a long way. It's all natural. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one? The the, one that, this is us. This, this is, is us, us is a cute like. It's really cute, but I do Does I it think deserve it, an Emmy? No, that's what I was gonna say. Like I think it's a great show and it's like a great like network show. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it deserves an Emmy. And it's one of those shows where it's like a lot of the same. Like a lot of like right. it's like a fucking like n- new age full house. Like it's always <laughs> like there's a fucking big speech in it and like something heartfelt yeah. fucking happens and yeah. the family's together, like every goddamn episode. I just realized that I haven't watched probably the last four or five episodes of this season. Of This Is Us? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Milo Ventimiglia. That was fine. <laughs> Shout out to Justin Hartley. I that know motherfucker you... is fine. That's so weird, man, because I don't think he's that fine. He's so... His body's banging, dude. Yeah? Yeah, he's so fine. I used to like him since I used to stand for this uh, soap opera Passions. And he <laughs> used to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> He used know. to be he used to be married to this character on that show called Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. Oh. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, that's F Scott Fitzgerald's uh, <laughs> daughter Niece. from a fucking affair he had with the butler. <laughs> butler. Oh. Justin Hartley touched me on the shoulder when I was at the Joe McHale show. Oh my god, man. You guys I, are basi- you're basically pregnant. I'm so pregnant right now. <laughs> Did you hear that they they announced a Downton Abbey movie today? Yeah, all the cast signed With up. Everybody. Yeah, I don't know who asked for that. Me either. Like, is that necessary? Mm-mm. Yeah. What the hell? Um. So I don't want to go through all these, obviously. So I was gonna say I do want to shout out Sandra Oh, who was nominated for Best Actress, who's the first Asian American to be nominated for Best Actress. Right. <laughs> Not ever. 
<laughs> she that's embarrassing first of all in that's the year of our lord 2018 that super embarrassing fucking it's she's the first but i want to say sandra oh has the best hair on tv right now really do you yeah. i was gonna ask do you watch that show killing eve yeah it's I, it's quick it's only like six episodes i never seen it okay i think it's a good show it's not even my favorite show of that creator phoebe waller bridge i think is her name mm-hmm. who i low-key think is a genius she because you didn't like fleabag um, no, I mean it's a good show, but I didn't like it. Like it was annoying to me. The character, the main character, was annoying to me. So yeah, like I couldn't get into it. Well, it has a lot of like the snarkiness of that main character because it's her. You know, she yeah. has a very specific voice. And I also really loved her Netflix show Crashing. Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. Anyway, she she's a genius. Like, and I think that this like cemented it for me. But I think it's a it's a watchable show. Yeah, yeah. I like the spy versus f- spy bullshit. Like, I don't know. That's okay. cool. I re- well, I used to watch Grey's Anatomy and Sandra Oh was my favorite character when she was on. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's badass. And she- fucking Sideways. Come on. Oh, yeah. She was the best part of Sideways. Yeah, she's bomb as fucking Sideways. How about uh, an Emmy for... Aim- for uh- Megan? Yes. Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. I'm rooting for her. Me too. I hope she fucking gets it. And then I saw someone say an EGOT for Megan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, how about Let's that? John Legend. If he wins, he's going to have an EGOT. Yeah. But will he be one of the younger people to do it? Probably. I hope. I think so. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. He's crazy talented. Yeah. He's super smart too. Yeah. Dude. I always get stressed out. Like I always feel like couples that put themselves a lot on the forefront. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, I always see that never going well. Yeah. Like couples that have reality shows or mm-hmm. cu- just couples that are all out there, it always fucking ends bad. So I always yeah, get stressed sure. out when like he and Chris, like, cause I like them so much together. Like, I'm like, yeah. stop being so extra. Just like <laughs> be hush hush. I, I agree. And, <clears throat> but I think they have a pretty stable foundation. They've been together for a long time. Yeah, it's true. I think they were together for like 10 years before they got married. Like, you know. Yeah. They're pretty okay. I just, I I do like them as a couple also, but I I don't like the way people treat them. Like, I don't like the way the internet treats them. Yeah, like and, literally. And specifically. Yeah, literally anything she does, they're like, oh my God, Chrissy yeah. Teigen, breathe. Epic clapback. Yeah. And all she did was say like, okay. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. It like, stands for them so hard. It's, I feel like it's going. The internet's gonna ruin them for me soon. I can feel it coming. Like oh, every no. time I see, I see like a Buzzfeed. Buzzfeed mentions Chrissy Teigen. It's and fucking I like, Buzzfeed, dude. It's not even the whole uh, internet. It's just fucking Buzzfeed ruining them. Yeah. There's this like one it. fucking writer at Buzzfeed. All that girl ever posts is fucking Kardashian news. Sometimes I even just <laughs> click on it now just to confirm that it's her. Like I think all she oh, yeah? does is suck Kardashian dick, dude. That's funny. Do you, there's that's funny like when you start to see patterns in uh buzzfeed writers like there's that one girl who's like thick she's and a, all a white they, girl a white girl with glasses yes and all they make her do is like look i tried on these four different pairs of pants yeah and like, like i wore a crop top for a week yeah let's see how it affected my life uh, yeah i don't i don't like that like damn that's it's almost it's almost like uh not racist, obviously, but what is like a racist equivalent to like somebody's body? Like it's like typecasting her. Yeah, for sure. You know, like fuck, she can't talk about anything else. Yeah, I don't know what that word would be. We could come up with one if you want. Buzzfeedophobia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The other thing we want to talk about was ScarJo, real quick. Yeah, I know, May. This is a hard one for you. 
dude i'm like tired of defending her like she's making like she's making it so hard for me to defend her i i'm a fan i was a fan i don't know why i didn't i never really liked her that much so scarlett I, johansson was set to play a trans man yeah based on this real dude so we have so we have pictures of this guy scarlett johansson played an asian woman in the ghost in the shell scarlett johansson played an anime character so oh that's she- fucked up <laughs> <laughs> oh and people were mad about that oh that i'm less salty about it's a fucking anime character yeah but it's like the whole you know it's set in asia oh, it has like okay. all these so the ghost in the shell is it was the first strike and the director of that decided you know what let's do it again <laughs> <laughs> so and she got director. a lot of heat she got a lot of heat for the ghost in the shell yeah, she did. So I don't understand what this bitch was Yeah, why, should, why would she even sign up to do this again, basically? Yeah. Except that you're so fucking out of touch with reality. And we, we saw ScarJo at the Women's March. She, yeah. gave a, she gave a good speech. Like, she seems like she's not dumb. All right, well, anyways, so then ScarJo fucking made a response, which was horrible. <laughs> yeah, she was like, why don't you ask Jeffrey Tambor and Felicity Jared Huffman and Jared Leto. Which bitch, like, just because it was right back then, or it wasn't, it was never right. Yeah, you know. But now people are mad, and so like, you don't get to use that as a defense. Yeah. So now she's backpedaling a lot, and today it came out that she dropped out of the role. Good, dude. You know who someone said who someone suggested should play the role? You know Murray Hill from Dita Bontista's show. Oh yeah, he would be great. Yeah. Or Chaz Bono. Yeah. Also, it would be great. Does he act? Chaz does. Murray Hill, I don't think so. I saw some comments on an article I read that they were like, I bet it still won't go to a trans actor. And I was like, if that happened, they should just wrap the fucking movie because this is right. bullshit. Yeah. Don't monopolize the conversation and go on and on without stopping. All right. Are you ready, May? I'm ready, Steph. What What are you? Uh, what story are you bringing us I today? know. You don't even know what's happening today. Nope. Oh, Lucille Ball! <laughs> yeah, I told I told you guys the stuff was good at whistling. Yeah, <laughs> and tell me why I've had that fucking song stuck in my head all week. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna do Lucille Ball today, and this was requested by Instagram follower Estella. Yes, shout ago. out to you, Estella, because this was a fucking good one. Yeah, it was a real good one. I wanted to say that. You know, my 16th birthday party was me and there's like this one girl that we got super close in high school because uh, she was Ecuadorian and like she liked food and I liked food. And like so we and we, our birthdays were like a week from each other. Oh, that's so we, so we had a joint birthday party and we we had a we had dinner at Pollo Inca. Oh, hell yeah. And then we had like our parents got us this like hotel suite and we all watched uh, we were both obsessed with I Love Lucy. So we had like DVDs of I Love Lucy and we had like the I Love Lucy board game and everything. It was like best birthday ever. That's tight. <laughs> so I got most of this from Lucy's PBS biography. So <gasps> and then there's a bunch of Time magazine articles about Lucy, especially after she passed. Yeah. Also, The Untold Story of Lucy and Desi by Susan Shindet for People Magazine, uh, Reddit, and Wikipedia as well. Okay. Okay. So, Lucille Desiree Ball was born on August 6, 1911 
in Jamestown, New York, to Henry Durrell Ball and Desiree Evelyn Ball, a.k.a. Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Okay. So she's named after her mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her family lived in Michigan and Montana for some time while she was growing up. Oh. Her, her bloodline traces back to some of the earliest American settlers, including Edmund Rice, an early immigrant who came to Massachusetts from England as part of the Bay Colony. Bay? A. <laughs> her father, Henry, worked for the Bell Telephone Company. Uh, while Ball, her- Ball worked for Bell? Yep. Okay. While her mother, Dee Dee, was pregnant with their second child, Frederick, Henry contracted typhoid fever. Fuck. I know. It's so scary. Back in the day, everything's cool. And then all of a sudden, you got scarlet letter. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's wild, too, because, like, you get, like, the flu. Yeah. And and you fucking die. You're fucking dead. Yeah. (laughs) When baby Lucy was three years old, her 27-year-old father died of the disease. Mm. Yeah, he was so young. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. What's his name? Henry. Henry. (laughs) Frank. (laughs) (laughs) On the day her father died, a bird got trapped inside the house. And from that day on, Lucy suffered from ornithophobia or a fear of birds. Yeah, I would. I do have that, actually. You don't like birds? A little bit. Not really. I used to have birds when I was a kid. All Hispanic people have, but like, or your grandma has fucking birds. Like, why? Yeah, my grandma has a bird. (laughs) Like a so my grandma, bird. a talking bird, and it says like it says like really shitty things, and she's like, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, he's so smart. It's so weird that he does all this stuff, and I'm like, don't teach him that. I know it's like he gets it from you too. Yeah, he'll be like, puta. My <laughs> my mom's friend Christy used to have a parrot that talked, and she he used to say stuff like cerote, com- <laughs> coma mierda. <laughs> That parrot was Salvatrucha. <laughs> Jeff Sessions, get them, boys. Sick them, boys. <laughs> After her father's death, the family moved back to New York to live with her maternal grandparents. Her mother, Dee Dee, remarried a man named Edward Peterson four years after her father's death. Her stepfather's family were practicing puritanical Swedish family who Whoa. banned mirrors from their home. Whoa! Yeah. They had one single mirror placed over the bathroom sink. And one time when baby Lucy was admiring herself in that mirror, she was severely chastised for being vain. Oh, no. She said later on that that affected her very greatly throughout her youth. I bet. Dude, that must, that's some handmade tale shit. Yeah, that's some scary ass shit. <laughs> Dude, I, honestly, I'd rather die than live in a world without mirrors. Dude. <laughs> Tell me about it, right? I don't yeah. even think it's a vain thing for me. It's, it's just like, thing. I just want to look the best that I know I can. Right. So I got to make sure, you know? And like, just, and not knowing, just not knowing would be, it would kill me. Yeah, it would drive you know? me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In 1927, her grandfather was supervising a man target shooting in their backyard when a young boy was accidentally shot Fuck. and became paralyzed by the event. The neighborhood boy's family then sued the Ball family and they lost their suit, causing their home and furnishings to be sold off in order to pay the judgment. Oh, no. Then they all moved into a super small apartment in Jamestown, New York. Okay. So Lucy had a pretty rough upbringing, like not crazy rough, but her family, because her family was close and she did have parental figures and everything but they had money problems and some tragedies that not every other family has to deal with she lost her father yeah. they moved around a lot yeah. sounds like and you yeah know? that sucks yeah 
Her stepfather was a Shriner, which I had to look up what that was. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's basically the Shriners are a society established in 1870, which is uh, basically a male fraternity. Yeah, like the Shriners Club. Yeah, exactly. Its principles were about brotherly love, fun, relief, and truth. And whenever the Shriners needed female entertainers for like the chorus line and stuff, uh, her mm -hmm. stepfather would encourage her, who was 12 at the time, to audition and get on stage because she did really well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she loved the stage and she liked all the praise and recognition that she could get Ooh. by putting on a good show. This might be the first time in the history of this podcast that... A stepfather. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to jump the gun, but like the stepfather is not a piece of shit. No, he's not. And it doesn't get worse ever. Okay. Yeah, okay. he was pretty solid and he took care of them and stuff, it seems. Cool. So far as I know, I'm sure there's going to be a Lucy stand that comes out of the woodworks and they're like, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that, mate. <laughs> okay, so at 14 years old, Lucy started dating a local 21-year-old hoodlum, <gasps> Johnny DeVita. Oh, that's right. See, my name's Johnny. See, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> that's I'm what Johnny, I'm imagining. See, yeah, not enough <laughs> guys are named Johnny anymore. Uh, yeah, because the one, the one that is, is a piece of shit. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Her mother was very unhappy with their relationship and she kind of bribed Lucy to break up with him so long as she would arrange for Lucy to attend the John Murray Anderson School for the Dramatic Arts in New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Betty Davis was her classmate there. What? That's fucking crazy, right? Were they homegirls? Do you know? Or like... I don't think were so. They frenemies. They weren't Probably. frenemies. I'm, I'm they were just they were classmates. Frenemies. I okay. never found anything on it, but okay. this is going to be hard to believe, but Lucy was shy as fuck. Oh. I think she was overshined. She had fucking Beatty Davis in her class. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And Lucy's right. teachers didn't think that she would be successful enough. Mm, and she, yeah. she got a lot of harsh criticism. Yeah. I know a lot of people, I know that people would say that she was untalented. Right. That's fucked up. After finishing her studies, she started in-house modeling for Hattie Carnegie. Ooh. Hattie Carnegie is a fucking boss. Of the Carnegie Carnegies? No, no, no. Listen. Like, listen. Okay, go on. She was an Austrian fashion entrepreneur who moved to New York to try to make it big. Her real last name was something whatever, so she fucking uh -huh. changed it to Carnegie because when she came to the U.S., Andrew Carnegie was the richest man at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She a boss. Yeah, she's a fucking <laughs> gangster. She's making boss moves. Yeah. She started out making hats and then moved on to dresses and after coming from nothing, expanded her business to a fortune of over $8 million. What? Which back in the day is a grip. Yeah. So Hattie Carnegie ordered Lucy to dye her brown hair blonde mm -hmm. and she took Lucy as a mentee and taught her how to model. Okay, cool. Lucy suddenly became ill with rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, no. And that slowed her down for two years. You know how it was back then. Fuck. Yeah. And, and rheumatoid arthritis, like, that's still, that slows people down, like, to this day. Yeah, it's like, not, it must have been bad as fuck back then, you know? Yeah. In 1932, she took up modeling again with Hattie and began working as the Chesterfield Cigarette Girl. Ooh, cigarettes. <laughs> she started trying to break into acting again and did some small chorus work on Broadway. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, she's doing pretty well for herself. Yeah, she's, like, 16 at this time. Yeah, okay, cool. She had an uncredited extra part as a Goldwyn girl in the movie Roman Scandals in 1933, which encouraged her to move to Hollywood. Okay. 
She started gaining some momentum and has some small movie roles, including a two-reel comedy short with the Three Stooges in their movie, Three Little Pigskins. Uh, okay, cool. Then in 1936, she got a pretty big role in the play Hey Diddle Diddle on Broadway. <laughs> that was, was that a hit? Was that the hit of the summer? Hey Diddle Diddle. That was the <laughs> Hamilton of his day. <laughs> it actually had some problems. Oh, okay. But she was still in a big part of it, so it was still pretty good okay. for her. Cool. She kept auditioning for big parts, including the part of Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. No, bitch. And, but she never I got chosen. <laughs> I love you, but... Vivian Leigh, come on. Yeah, you're, come on. No. So lots of crickets for Lucy around this time, even after she had signed a contract with MGM. Oh, okay. They just didn't know how to use her. Right. So Lucy's story is uh, complex, so I'm going to jump around a bit here because... Around this time, something interesting happens, and I'm just going get to get it all over with now. Okay. Lucy turned out to be a communist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in 1936, when Lucy registered to vote, she listed her party affiliation as communist mm -hmm. and registered as part of the Communist Party. She signed a certificate saying so. Yeah. She then hosted Communist Party new members classes at her home. Mm -hmm. Hollywood writer Rena Vale testified before the United States House of Representatives Special House Un-American Activities Committee, or the HUAC, about her attendance at Lucy's Communist Bash. And then Lucy allegedly lent her house out for these new member events all the time. Mm -hmm. In 1944, she publicly supported FDR. Then, in 1952, she vocally supported and allegedly voted for Republican Dwight Eisenhower. On September 4th, 1953, she was approached by the HUAC and had to give sealed testimony to an investigator about her relationship with the Communist Party. Mm -hmm. She did admit to having registered to vote as a communist, but that she only did so on her socialist grandfather's insistence and that she in at no time intended to in vote as a communist. Right. That's... I. I remember that, and but what you're saying is she hosted events and stuff? Yeah, she had, oh, yeah. they hosted stuff at her house. Yeah, okay. So what she said was that she was never an active member to her knowledge, and she didn't know of meetings at her home. All right. But come on. That's a bad excuse. Yeah. She also <laughs> stated that any delegations or, because the Communist Party allegedly gave her like a high title. Okay. So she said any of the delegations or positions were given to her without her knowledge or consent, and she never remembered signing any documents regarding her membership. I wonder if she gave them money. They would be able to follow the money. Well, they did do a full investigation, and everything checked out. Yeah. So that's why nothing blew up. It did get kind of heated for her, but everything, it pretty much blew over. And then Desi has to say, like, to the audience, like, the, the only thing read about her is her hair. And even something. that isn't legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so back to our regularly scheduled non-communist programming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In 1940, Lucille Ball was filming a stage hit, Too Many Girls, when she met yes. Cuban-born band leader Desi Arnaz. Who ironically turned out to have too many girls, but go on. <laughs> May, I hate talking to you because you always do that. You always say what? my stuff before I'm about oh, to say God. it. <laughs> like, I literally had that line written in here. Desi told the audience, the only thing you read about her is her hair. <laughs> Anyways, so Desi was known as the ultimate charmer. He was, he was flashy, lovable. He had that accent, and he was fucking fine. He had a gray head of hair. Yeah. 
when they met, Lucy was 28 and he was 23. Mm-hmm. On the second night they met, they went to a club together. But as Lucy put it, instead of joining the conga line, we sat at a small table talking and talking. I might as well admit here and now that I fell in love with Desi wham bang in five minutes. Does that mean they fucked? I don't know. Yeah. There was only one thing better than looking at Desi and that was talking to him. Aw. Oh. Yeah. Lucy's cousin Cleo Smith said that uh, the day after Lucy met Desi, she came home and said, that's it. That's for me. Oh, that's cute. In his autobiography, Desi talked about how he and Lucy met again a few days later after the club at a friend's house. As I walked down to the beach, I saw Lucille. Hi, how's my rumba teacher? She said. I laughed and said, hello. I had a wonderful time at El Sarape. She said, looking right through me with those damn big, beautiful blue eyes. Thank you. So did I. Then she patted the sand and said, sit down next to me. I sat down and never went back. Wow. Oh, that's so cute. It's so romantic. Aw, yeah. So most definitely like a love at first sight kind of attraction between them. Yeah. What what year was this again? 1940. Yep. Okay. 1940. So, so it's before the war. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Lucy broke up with a steady boyfriend she had to be with <gasps> Desi. Hey. Hey. For the first six months, the relationship moved very quickly and nobody thought it would work. Because of Desi's great sex appeal, the studio bosses wanted to keep him single. His five-year contract, signed before he came to Hollywood, prohibited him from marrying for that length of time. And Desi's past romances were well-known, including Betty Grable and Lena Turner. So many figured Lucy was just going to be another lady to add to the list. Right. Wow. Okay. Betty Grable also was like one of the baddest bitches at that time. Like everyone talked about her for her legs yeah you know like her legs were the j-lo's butt of the of the 40s (laughs) (laughs) that ankle though (laughs) (laughs) so i could see why they wanted like desi and betty graywell to be together lana turner was a bad bitch too but she liked like she was into like mickey rooney lana was bomb as fuck yeah so they were crazy about each other and their relationship was super passionate in the beginning both admitted marriage was out of the question the studio that he was signed on wasn't doing anything for him so he had to go on tour with his band to make some money okay meanwhile lucy was still trying really hard to make it big and kept shooting film after film so they were constantly separated okay besides she was working though like she was making hella movies and stuff yeah she was working and he was touring so he was working too yeah but besides that they were also crazy different because Desi had a very privileged upbringing and Lucy's mm-hmm. family, like we know, struggled with the money until she arrived in Hollywood. So yeah. Desi was all about spending cash and being flashy while Lucy was way more conservative with her money. And so they would fight about that. Dude, he's the typical Cuban. Yeah. So some background on Desi Arnaz. He came from a very prominent Cuban family. His grandfather was one of the top members that ran Bacardi Rum. And his father was a member of the Cuban House of Representatives. Damn. During the Cuban Revolution of 1933, led by Fulgencio Batista, their family lost everything, and that's when they fled to Miami. Okay. So his upbringing was crazy baller. Yeah. Because in Latin American countries, when you're fucking wealthy, it's really common to have butlers and cooks and chauffeurs. Mm-hmm. It's not like in the U.S. where you have to be like crazy, crazy, crazy upper crust wealthy person to have that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You could just be kind of semi-wealthy and live a lo- luxurious life. Yeah. 
So keep that especially in mind. back then and especially because his father was in government yeah so they probably so then, had some people assigned to them anyways like a chauffeur yeah. for sure yeah exactly security mm-hmm. and like that sort of thing and again desi was fine as hell charmer baller so he had the ladies all over him yep and jealousy played a huge part in their relationship i bet dude i see you desi Dario. i see you yeah he's Go fine on. It was November 30th, 1940, about six months after they initially met when they couldn't deny it any longer, said fuck it and got married. Yo, cool. So they eloped? Yeah, they eloped. Okay. On marrying Desi, Lucy said, in many ways, marrying Desi was one of the boldest things I ever did. I had always gone with older men. I had also achieved some kind of stability for myself in Hollywood. And Desi, with his beautiful girls and good times, seemed headed in another direction. Yet, I sensed in Desi a great need. Beneath that dazzling charm was just a boy who had no one to care for him, worry about him, or love him. And I wanted him and only him as the father of my children. Wow. For getting a wedding band, Desi bought a cheap brass one at Woolworths. He later bought her a very nice platinum ring, but she wore the cheap one for the entirety of their marriage. Oh, I really like that. Me too. Their marriage certificate was framed in their home and it was covered in lipstick because the newlyweds couldn't help but kiss it over and over and over. Oh, I love that. That's so cute, like romantic stuff that people just don't do shit like that anymore. Yeah. And if they uh, did, we would hella judge them, so. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Bieber doesn't even follow his boo on Instagram. God damn it, you trifling ass motherfuckers. (laughs) So after they got married, Lucy said famously that their friends gave their marriage six months, but she gave it a week. Oh, okay. (laughs) So she's definitely trying to cut the tension by making a joke, but it was also very reckless to marry a dude so quickly. But when you know, you know. But they were together for for six months, though. Yeah. I feel like that's not that quick, especially back then. Yeah, maybe back then. It is fucking quick, though, mate. Come on. I mean, I'm not marrying somebody unless, like, we've been like shacking up for like 10 years yeah there you go (laughs) even then like do i really do i really know you motherfucker no their marriage was rocky from the start during the first year of marriage uh after a lot of fighting desi moved out to stay with his mother but he returned days later crying and upset to be away from her i'm sure then the war came and he got drafted he got fucking drafted yeah Wow. Some of their love letters while he's away at war are public, and they're so goddamn sweet in the kind of way that those old letters are. Yeah. Yeah, and you could tell he's very jealous of Lucy, too. It's weird. Like, they're... It's weird because... I don't know. I'll get into it. But anyways... They're very passionate. Yeah, exactly. He was later discharged for a knee injury, and he went on tour performing for soldiers to finish out his time. Okay. So throughout the entire beginning of their relationship and entire beginning of their marriage, they're constantly apart and they're both uh, jealous. And Desi was very famously an alcoholic and a womanizer. Mm -hmm. Soon after they were married, Desi would come home at drunk at three or four in the morning or not at all. So Lucy was convinced that he was unfaithful to her, which he was. Did three or four in the morning even exist in like the 1940s? Right. Like, did they even know what? It seemed like, I, thought, I like, feel like they went to sleep at like sunset. Yeah. And they woke up when crazy. the rooster started going about its business. <laughs> <laughs> How'd they know what time it was? Who gave you a watch? <laughs> <laughs> 
fuck. So like I said, he was also controlling over her and he thought she was cheating on him too. But by all accounts, it doesn't look like she ever did. But also, who fucking knows? Because around this time in Hollywood, affairs were like cocktails. They were cheap and everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody fucked and, everybody. And you have a business meeting at a hotel. Exactly. Fucking. Yeah. There's no like cell phones like there is now. You can't keep right. track of people like that. Mm-hmm. In 1944, Lucy filed for divorce, but they reconciled and precluded the entry of a final decree. What What year were they first, first married in? 1940. Okay, so they've been together Four for years. a minute. Okay. Yeah. Three and a half, maybe, right? Yeah. So she, after they reconciled from that divorce uh, scare, she became pregnant, but she suffered a few miscarriages. Aww. Then she was finally able to carry to term. She thought that the baby would help them stay together. That's an awful that's, way to save a marriage. Yeah. I, has it ever worked? I don't know. On July 17th, 1951, Lucy had their first baby, Lucy Jr. Yes. Lucy said, the best year of my marriage to Desi was just before and after the birth of our first child. We exchanged no harsh words and experienced no upsets of any kind. Desi hovered over hovered over me attentive to every need the more conservative he became the happier i became this was the way i'd always hoped our marriage would be mm, i don't like that because <laughs> because it's sort of like a red flag so now like he's you know he's getting more conservative he's like probably trying to be like okay now i'm now we have family now i'm the man of the house like it's mm, it's a red flag you can't change a person the person you marry is the person you marry People do change. Well, I people think. grow, they, but they, they grow, don't change yeah. like dramatically. Like right, yeah. So people said Desi stopped cheating on Lucy for a little bit when baby Lucy was born, but not for long. Oh well, well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> congrats, bro. <laughs> a year later, they had their second uh, child, Desi Junior. So their babies are Lucy and Desi too. And that's so cute. More on Desi Junior later. At some point in their marriage, there were rumors that they began sleeping in separate bedrooms. And then there's this story about a time when they were in Palm Springs and she asked her chauffeur to take her to the Indian Wells Country Club. While she was in the lounge having a drink, Desi walked in with two women on his arms. Oh, fuck. So those are the kind of little bits that went on during their relationship. Two right? women? God damn. And then regarding his alcoholism... Coworkers on I Love Lucy said that Desi would never be drunk on set, but he would like think of how long he had gone without a drink while on set. Like he yeah. couldn't work too late, not because he was tired or needed to go home to see his wife or kids, but because if he worked too much, he would have gone too long without being drunk. And, mm -hmm. and we're not talking right. about your fucking casual weekend drunk. We're talking about blackout mm -hmm. drunk constantly. There's this yeah. awful story about a time one of his friends died and Desi had to organize the funeral, but he was so drunk that he kept instructing his assistants to invite people who were already dead. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's how drunk he would get. De oh, yeah. no. What, what was his drink of choice? Bacardi? I hope so. Desi was also a famous patron of sex workers. Ooh, this famous Hollywood okay. reporter Jim Bacon alleged that Desi liked sex workers so much that he would never just request one for himself. He'd get drunk and then he'd get 18. Well, he's a philanthropist. <laughs> he's, a, he's making it rain on them hoes. I'm, okay. On one, one day, 
Jim Bacon was invited to go to Desi's house in Palm Springs. And when he arrived, Desi was naked in the middle of a room full of sex workers singing songs in Spanish. That sounds, I want to go to that party. (laughs) (laughs) Once in the early 50s, Desi was arrested on Hollywood Boulevard because he was, again, singing loud Spanish songs in front of a famous brothel. Lucy later wrote that she never realized we never really liked each other. We had a great attraction going for each other in the beginning, but we never approved of each other. He disapproved of my moderation and conservatism. I was square, he would say. I disapproved of the way he worked too hard, played too hard, and was never moderate in anything. I lost my good humor and sense of proportion. When you're so mad and so rattled to see straight, you're bound to start making mistakes. You can't go on and on like that for years being miserable about a situation and not have it change you. Yeah. So let's get back to her career for a little bit. So she's been around for a while, but she never really hit it big. And people around Hollywood used to call her Queen of the Bees. Yeah. And she had to pick up radio work in order to get some exposure and supplement her income. In 1948, she was cast as a wacky wife in the CBS radio show, My Favorite Favorite Husband. Husband. The show was a hit. So CBS asked her to develop it for TV, which became what we all know as I Love Lucy. Cool. She insisted to CBS that Desi be on the show with her. But CBS, hella, 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 did not want Desi on the show. They were convinced that an all-American redhead could not be seen with a Cuban-American husband. They were racist. Mm-hmm. They were unimpressed by her pilot episode with Desi, which was produced by the couple's own company that they created, Desi Lou Productions. Mm-hmm. CBS wanted Richard Denning to be her husband because they thought that Desi was too distinctly Latino-looking and that the American public would resist believing in this marriage. Wow. Plus, his thick Cuban accent and, quote, Latin style would not be agreeable to American viewers. (laughs) You know us Latins walking around with bananas on our heads and shimmying our shoulders all the fucking time. (laughs) We're too spicy. We're way too spicy, dude. Yeah. Writers even protested, saying that they wouldn't write for a Latin band leader who didn't (gasps) speak English. Oh, fuck them. Yeah, so Lucy was like, fuck you, CBS, and fuck your writers, too. Yeah. She and Desi went on a tour, an I Love Lucy live show, hoping to show racist-ass CBS that they were full of it. And guess what? It was a fucking hit. I bet those shows were amazing. Amazing, right? Because Desi has his band. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So CBS loved it, and they added I Love Lucy officially to their lineup. Cool. Now I'm going to get to I Love Lucy in a second, but now we got to talk about, because now Lucy gets famous, right? Like big famous. Yeah, yeah. So Lucy had a reputation for a couple of things. She drank and smoked constantly, and she likes to call herself conservative with money, but for all us regular folk out here, we'll call it what it is. She was cheap as fuck. Okay. And on, right. and on top of it all, she became very rude and very stuck up. Oh, fuck. No. Yeah, it's unfortunate because she's such a sweetheart on screen. And yeah. she's so goofy and lovable. It's hard for me personally to swallow this version of her. And it's totally something we don't want to believe. Right. And she's so goddamn talented. Like, mm-hmm. it's, and it's such a huge part, I think, of everybody's childhood. Maybe not. Maybe kids don't watch it anymore. But Huge part of mine. Yeah. I just... Yeah, this so is she, really sad. She really reminds me, actually, of what we were talking about. That character played by Jane Lynch in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. 
who's a country yeah. folk style overweight comedian yeah. on stage. And then Mrs. Maisel goes to her house and finds out that she's an uppity rich bitch in real life. And she got like a butler and shit. Yeah. yeah. On the first season of I Love Lucy, her stylist requested a raise once the show became popular and was promptly fired by Lucy. Oh, fuck. Desilu Studios at one point had to make a set for one of their shows, but in order to cut costs, Lucy made the engineers downscale everything. Well, she downscaled everything so, so small that it made the actors look gigantic and they had to knock everything down and start over. Oh, fuck. That was a crazy, embarrassing moment for herself and the company. Yeah. Richard Burton, who was once a guest star on one of Lucy's comedy hours with his wife at the time, Elizabeth Taylor, Mm -hmm. hated Lucy. Oh, no. He called her a charmless monster and said that (gasps) meeting her took years off his life. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) After Lucy's death, several people said they were sorry they ever met her. Oh, no. This is like worse than I had imagined. Ever imagined, right? If fucking Richard Burton's talking shit about you. (laughs) Yeah, what the (laughs) fuck? God damn. The thing that sparked my interest in who the real Lucy was is this famous Ask Reddit post from 2014. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked flight attendants to tell some interesting stories. Reddit user Three Gilligans <laughs> <laughs> said that their father was a pilot and mother was a flight attendant growing up. Their mother waited on several Hollywood stars at the time in first class, and she once waited on Lucille Ball, and when she asked her what she would like to drink, Lucy responded, I don't talk to servants. Ugh, I remember when I read that, I, I was like, no It's way. so horrible, yeah. But then I started hearing more about like everything else that you're saying, and I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. Must have been true. Fuck. So that initial comment began a bunch of people responding whose family or friends had also known Lucy in a private capacity and vouched for her bitchiness. Yeah. Another user commented that his uncle worked for an airline around the same time, and Lucy was on two of their flights. She would never speak to any of the flight attendants, and they were directed to speak to her assistant in order to get her orders. On the second flight she was on, a flight attendant accidentally dropped a glass of water on Lucy and apologized profusely. Lucy kept saying it was fine and not a big deal and just please could she get another glass of water. But then when the flight attendant brought her the other glass, Lucy threw it in her face and said, how do you like it? God damn. That can't be like that's. It's so unbelievable, right? Yeah, it's so unbelievable. God damn. Another user said that her father was a waiter at a restaurant in Hawaii where Lucy would often go on vacations with Johnny Carson. Yeah. And he said that Lucy was so rude, talked down to everybody, yelled at staff, and only referred to everybody as servant. But where does this where does this happen in her timeline? You know? Well, that's what I'm saying. Right when I Love Lucy blows right up. Right when but but for why just because she's like i made it it's over it's over for you bitches like i don't know i'll get into that like my theory a little bit later okay, but okay. i really don't know i think part of it is her ego part of it is i don't know maybe she had it in her all along yeah okay so people also commented on her grouchiness and the difficulty in working with her on set joan crawford was once a guest on the lucy show and workers said that lucy made her cry during rehearsals Joan then famously said that she couldn't believe that Lucy outbitched even her. Yeah. Dude, you can't make, if you made Joan Crawford cry, like. You're a fucking bitch. Yeah. Okay, so turning back to I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy, the show deserves its own goddamn episode. 
It was incredibly successful and catapulted Lucy's fame during its six-year run. It was the most successful comedy series on TV for four of its six seasons. Mm -hmm. It's considered one of the greatest and influential sitcoms in television history. For sure. It was the first show to do a lot of things. It was the first scripted television program to be shot on 35mm film, mm -hmm. first to be shot with multiple cameras, first to ever be filmed in front of a live studio audience, and first to ever feature an ensemble cast. It was also the first show to utilize both English and Spanish on air. And Lucy herself is one of the first female comedians to be a main star on a show. Oh, okay. Also, I Love Lucy has a really special place in my heart. I used to watch it all the time with my mom when I was little. And my mom told me that when she first came to the United States in the 70s, she shared an apartment with my aunt, who I love, and they would watch reruns of I Love Lucy on TV since it was the only English TV show which they kind of connected to because of Ricky. Mm -hmm. And she said that that helped her learn to speak English. Aww. Isn't that so, so cute? cute? I know. I love that. Dude, I've seen every episode, I want to say at least like 10 times. I watched like uh, w seasons one through three this week. Oh, yeah? That's yeah, right. Yeah, was like, can we please stop watching <laughs> I want to do. I'm gonna do. Uh, They're all on Hulu. Bite a meat of Vegemin. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy really showcased her brilliant physical comedy acts on the show because you literally don't want to take your fucking eyes off her. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why they decided to shoot it in front of a live studio audience because the writers, once they saw her perform and all her facial expressions and everything, they thought that they needed the actual laughter to kind of give rise to her antics. Yeah. But also, I Love Lucy was a very tactical move on the part of Lucy. Because once again, Lucy thought that this could save her marriage. Oh, wow. Okay. Part of I, the... Go ahead. I do, like... She is the ultimate ride-or-die wife. For Desi. Like, yeah. I, oh, yeah. She gave I him a chance that. time and time again. Yeah. Part of the reason she was so adamant about Desi playing her on-screen husband was so that they could spend more time together. Their marriage had become very strained, based mostly in part to their work schedules, but also due to Desi's attraction to other women. Ugh. Lucy knew that if she did the show by herself and then he had to go on tour with his band, that he'd be out and about cheating on her all the time. Mm -hmm. So she low-key wanted to keep an eye on him. And she knew that if they were at home together, their marriage had a better chance of lasting, which... True. Yeah. Distance creates distance. Mm-hmm. The premise was basically that Desi, a.k.a. Ricky Ricardo, was a struggling orchestra leader and Lucy was an ordinary housewife who had showbiz fantasies but no talent. <laughs> Ricky appeared at and later owned the Tropicana Club on the show. They were homies with their neighbors and landlords, the Mertzes, Fred and Ethel, played by Vivian Vance and William Frawley. The Mertzes actually have some drama behind the scenes. Yup. Yeah, basically they fucking hated each other. Mm-hmm. Vivian thought William was way too fucking old to be a believable husband for her character, and William thought that she was way too fucking ugly for him. And and also, uh, William was a super duper alcoholic. Right. You can always see him like shaking in scenes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But they were passionate enough on enough on screen for it to never affect the show. So everybody mm -hmm. was like, whatever. They were they they were fucking pros. Yeah, they were pros for sure. They needed the gig. Fuck. Yeah. And then I guess after I Love Lucy ended, they were approached to do an Ethel and Fred spinoff, but Vivian Vance wouldn't commit to do anything with him, so it never went through. Yeah. And then they would still do, like, specials as Ethel and Fred, but they would fucking refuse to speak to each other outside of their lines. Ugh. 
Yeah. Yeah, so that was drama. I Love Lucy was also woke as fuck for the time because we finally have an interracial couple on screen. Yep. Also, Lucy and Desi kept everything in good taste and intentionally had their writers avoid any popular ethnic jokes of the time and, or any humor based on disabilities. Desi said that the only ethnic thing they ever would do is when Lucy would make fun of his accent and it was only ever written so that it was Lucy that would do it. Never Fred or Ethel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Lucy... Go ahead. What... Wasn't there, but why the disabilities? I guess there were jokes about disabilities at the time. Like people would joke about shit and people still did blackface and shit at this time. Yeah, that's true. Huh, okay. So Lucy and Desi's marriage drama apparently was always kept hella hush hush on set. Most workers said they never saw the two of them fight on air or air any of their dirty laundry when on set, but they would certainly all hear about things going down. Mm-hmm. One day, this magazine Confidential came out with a story saying that Desi was a womanizer and Lucy got a hold of a copy while she was on set. So she took a break to go read it in her dressing room. So everybody on set was like, well, that's it. Shit is going to go down. There goes our jobs, you know? Yeah. But she came out of the room, threw the magazine at Desi and said, oh, hell, I could have told them worse than that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude, imagine going to work that day. Like, imagine fuck, if, no. we, if we worked there that day, we would have no been like, way. yo. yo <laughs> this is it. <laughs> My bad, Desi. RIP. <laughs> Good luck, dude. <laughs> Good luck in Cuba. Vaya con Dios. So Lucy had them write in her real-life pregnancy to their son, Desi Jr., into the show. And this was a huge deal at the time because producers and television execs initially demanded that a pregnant woman could not be on TV, nor were they uh, interested in talking about her pregnancy on the show. Mm -hmm. But Lucy convinced them because, you know, she's convincing as fuck. Yeah. One of the sweetest moments on I Love Lucy and maybe my favorite episode is... The one where Lucy tries repeatedly to tell Ricky that she's pregnant and he wasn't getting any of her hints. So then at the end, when she's super tired of him not getting it, she goes to watch his show at the Tropicana and has a waiter pass a note to Ricky asking him to perform. We're having a baby, my baby and me. Yeah. And then she sits like as a random girl in the audience. So then he's like, let's get the couple on stage and I'll sing to them. Everyone starts clapping. Yeah. And he walks around to all the couples trying to find out who it is. And then he realizes that it's Lucy who wrote the note and his face is so shocked and cute. It's barely it's like it's barely hitting him in real life, too. Yeah. Yeah. So the crew said that when they filmed this, that he and Lucy were staring at each other and start, she started to cry and they had to yell at him to start singing the song again because he had forgotten. Oh. It's so goddamn cute. They, he, like, they did love each other. You they, know, they, no, they 100% loved each other. So then he holds her and sings a song and she's crying and stuff. It's like yeah. the sweetest fucking thing. Isn't it and, also crazy that they couldn't say pregnant? Yeah, so during these episodes, instead of saying the word pregnant, they would say expecting. Lucy's expecting. And Desi would say spectin' or some shit. (laughs) She's spectin'. Yeah. Her character gave birth on the same day that she did. She had it set up that way. Mm -hmm. The ratings for Lucy Goes to the Hospital beat President Eisenhower's inauguration ratings the next day. Wow. The birth to Desi. TV. Yep. The birth to Desi Jr. made the cover of the first issue of TV Guide in 1953. Oh, cool. 
Okay, so then Lucy was the first woman to head up a TV production company, Desilu Studios, which she formed with Desi. Also, Desilu is what they used as a name for, like, everything. Like, that was the name of their house. That was the name of their ranch. Like, mm-hmm. everything was Desilu this, Desilu Dude, that. Dude, I just realized Desilu was the original Brangelina. Oh, yeah, Again, Benifer. <laughs> <laughs> they were the first TV production company to film before a live studio audience, like I said. Mm-hmm. Lucy began teaching a 32-week comedy workshop around this time, too. wow yeah they were super busy wow i wonder that must have been like the best class you could take you know imagine i was thinking about that today i saw a quote from uh meryl streep what she had a she had a workshop no no i saw a quote of hers about acting like about Mm -hmm. what she does to get into character and i was thinking like god imagine if she did like a fucking workshop how much people would pay to be taught by her oh yeah she could make she could retire <laughs> for sure i'm sure she could retire now but like she could for real like buy an island and retire yeah okay so lucy and desi loved la and they did not want to shoot on the east coast but since primetime in la was too late on the east coast to air a major series cbs executives pushed them to move to new york lucy and desi agreed to take a pay cut in order to finance filming in la on the condition that Desilu Productions would retain the rights of each episode once it aired. CBS agreed, but they didn't realize what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. After Lucy Lucy gave birth to Desi Jr., she took some time off, but they didn't want to lose momentum on the show's popularity, and since they owned the rights of the prior episodes, they decided to show old ones for a bit, and that's how fucking Lucy and Desi Arnaz became the inventors of the syndicated rerun. Good for them, dude. That's fucking wild. I feel like uh, I used to, when I was a kid, I didn't really appreciate Desi that much because she's clearly like the talent, you know, like Mm -hmm. as far as being a comedian and an actress. But all those things, that's all Desi, the invention of the rerun, the multi-camera, like that's all him. And this dude, like to come from not that business, you know, to come from Cuba, like, yeah, and and revolutionize that. And really be a musician, too. Yeah. He he's amazing. He's like crazy talented. Yeah. And they were powerful together. They were whole hella power power couple. Yeah. Years later, CBS ended up buying back the rights for the episodes, obviously, Mm -hmm. for way more than, you know. Yeah. Lucy and Desi took that money and then they purchased an old studio company to make Desilu Studios to actually start filming their own shows. Mm hmm. William Asher, the director of I Love Lucy, said that Desi was really emotional about Lucy during their marriage. He was really crazy about her, and it was obvious to everybody how they felt about each other. And the director said that during the filming of the episodes where she was pregnant with Desi Jr., he was, like, crazy, obviously, in love with her. I don't know what Aww. that is. It's, I think it's something, um, it's like an evolutionary thing. Like, yeah, like it's just in them. Yeah, it's in them to try to keep this family together, to, like, protect it and to, you know, be more loving. Yeah. Yeah. The director said that Ricky never, ever complained about Lucy being the star of the show or about his character just really being a vehicle for hers to shine. He never cared that she was the one being asked to do commercials or other side shit. He didn't have that sort of fragile masculinity for her. Yeah, good for him. But yeah. I mean, maybe he did, but he was taking it out in other ways. He yeah, maybe like, we didn't see it. That's like his alcoholism yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the women. Yeah, maybe. 
Desi never won an Emmy for his work on I Love Lucy, and he was never even nominated. Meanwhile, Lucy, Vivian Vance, and William Frawley were consistently nominated, with Lucy taking home the prize twice and Vance once. Yeah. I Love Lucy dominated the ratings in the U.S. During the life of I Love Lucy, Lucy and Desi starred in two movies together, The Long Long Trailer and Forever Darling in 1954 and 56 i've only seen the long long trailer oh that's it's good it's cute it's cute it's like it's like a long ass um i love lucy episode yeah definitely desilu studios produced many popular shows such as star trek the andy griffith show the dick van dyke show and mission impossible okay i can actually whistle the dick van i mean not the dick van dyke show i can whistle the andy griffith all right let's hear it all right job man yes thank you the fan tag show is amazing oh it's yeah am- come on and a young mary tyler moore was oh fuck bomb. yeah she's amazing yeah desilu studios was sold in 1967 for 17 million dollars which is roughly 125 million dollars in today's terms good for them it merged into what would later become paramount, paramount. pictures yeah dope I Love Lucy ended its run in 1957 after six years of being on air. It ended while being on the top of the Nielsen ratings and only the Andy Griffith show and Seinfeld went on to later achieve that same stat. Yeah. After I Love Lucy ended, she produced some I Love Lucy spinoff TV shows, including the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour and Let's Talk to Lucy throughout the early 60s. I like the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour because they would have like amazing, amazing guest, guest stars, stars, right? Oh my yeah. God, it was so fucking sick. Yeah. Tallulah Bankhead, fucking Fred McMurray. Like, oh, God, so good. She also did The Lucy Show and Here's Lucy, which were pretty successful long-running shows for CBS. The Lucy I mean, Show was kind of funny. It was okay. Yeah, it's whatever. But, it, it, I mean, The Lucy Show was cool because they had um, Vivian Vance came back. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lucy and Desi's marriage is having even more problems now. He struggled more and more with alcoholism and womanizing as their fame and fortune grew. They worked nonstop and they never got a break because they were crazy successful. So their tiny projects would grow and grow and grow to be bigger and bigger projects. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a blessing and a curse. Yeah. In 1957, during the Lucy and Desi comedy hour, their relationship was at its lowest point. The couple made one final effort to get their act together by taking a European vacation with their children, but it was a disaster. Lucy said... Big Desi was restless, uncommunicative, and bored. When he wasn't drinking, he spent most of his time on the phone with the studio or checking the racetrack where his horses were running. Mm. I was completely disenchanted, bitter, and unforgiving, and the kids saw everything and heard way too much. Oh, God damn. That sounds terrible. I know. When they came back to California, Lucy and Desi were no longer speaking to each other. The atmosphere on the set was tense and cold, which made even worse since Desi was both actor and director for the last few episodes. Mm -hmm. On March 3rd, 1960, the day after Desi's 43rd birthday, Lucy filed divorce papers. She later said their marriage life was a nightmare. In her divorce papers, she listed part of the reason for the irreconcilable differences as booze and broads. Oh, okay. Two months later, the divorce was finalized. Lucy How is that not a, a, a not 
a thing like that you can pick alongside irreconcilable differences, <laughs> fraud. They booze, call this broad. the Lucy filing. Lucy filing. Okay. Lucy bought him out of Desilu Studios, making her the sole head of the company. Woo! They were both very unhappy with the breakup and both eventually remarried, but friends say that the other marriages were never the same. Even after Lucy died years later, her new husband said that she was probably very happy to now be with Desi. Oh. Isn't that no. so sad? Yeah. Oh. I mean, what are you going to do? I think you just kind of accept being second place. Yeah. You, like, accept the relationship for what it is or whatever. Because you, you have something different. Obviously, they didn't work out for a reason. Yeah, you know? like, maybe you don't have the passion, but maybe she's much happier and healthier yes, now. Exactly. So you can't compare your relationship with any other relationship. No way. Apples and oranges, my mm -hmm. dude. Yeah. Desi said, it took a long time for me to realize that Lucy and I were really divorced. We had grown up together, lived together, raised children together, shared a business and a hit show together. Now the together was gone and I was left with just me. Lucy married Gary Morton in 1961 and I wasn't thrilled. Mostly, I didn't want my kids to have another dad and I couldn't see Lucy with another man, but I gave my blessing because I wanted Lucy to be happy, and there was nothing else I could do but try to be happy for her. Mm -hmm. Warren Harris said that at Lucy's own request, she was not invited to the wedding of Edie, Edie Hirsch and Desi. Mm -hmm. she, she still carried a torch for Desi. It would have been too painful to watch him marry anyone else, even a woman she approved of. Aww. During their marriage, every year on their anniversary, Desi would send Lucy red and white carnations. After their divorce, he continued to send them every year to her on their anniversary. Oh, no. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I don't like it. Because did you ever watch that Lady Gaga documentary? No. Five foot two. Uh, when she does the Super Bowl, she's already broken up with her fiance. Mm -hmm. But he sends her flowers. Aww. And she just like when she, as soon as she sees them and she reads the card, like she just breaks down. Aww. I would imagine that this is something like that. Like even if you're, you know, you're over it, it's it's over. Like, you're always gonna long for what could have been. Yeah, you, you think to yourself like under the right circumstances, right? Yeah. Or like maybe we could have made it work. I don't know. Yeah, if this would have been different, or if, you know. Yeah, they were a constant presence in each other's lives through the end, celebrating each other's successes and by each other's sides in the hard times too. They never stop being friends or loving each other. Obviously, marriages don't end just because of a lack of love. Yeah. Desi became confined to his bed and would pass away from lung cancer on December 2nd, 1986. He was 69 years old. Five days later, Lucy received the Kennedy Center Honors Award, and Desi was supposed to give like a speech uh -huh. at the ceremony, but he had written it out, so it was read to the audience by Robert Stack. Desi ended his letter with the statement, I love Lucy was never just a title. Oh. I'm not crying. You're crying. Oh, no. Lucy Jr. later wrote in her memoir about the last time her parents spoke to one another. I got on the phone with my mom and said, he's barely speaking. He didn't eat any of the dinner we fixed. He hasn't eaten in three days. I don't even know if he'll understand what you're saying, but I'll put the phone up to his ear. She said, oh, okay. She was always trying to be so brave. You could hear her voice cracking. I put the phone up to dad's ear in the bed and he gave me a look that said, who is it? And I told him, it's the redhead. He just listened and I heard what she said. She just said the same thing over and over again. It was muffled, but you could very clearly make out 
that it was the same thing over and over again. It was, I love you. I love you, Desi. I love you. Hold on. (laughs) 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 Shit. You could even hear the intonations in the intonations of the voice change, how she meant each one, the interpretation. And he said back, I love you too, honey. I'm oh, not crying, you're crying. Oh no. <laughs> First Kate the Castillo's gonna try to murder us and now this <laughs> Now I'm crying. Oh my oh, god. Oh no. Alright. Anyways, I'm not crying. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy really slowed down in the 60s and she kind of disappeared during the 70s. Mm-hmm. In 1970, her son Desi Jr. was involved with actress Patty Duke, who was allegedly also involved with two other men at the same time. Whoa. And Lucy got a lot of publicity because she was very opposed to their relationship and she would talk shit about it to the press and shit. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so they ended up breaking up. And then Doozy Ju- Desi Jr. dated Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Yeah. <laughs> And Lucy was also not cool with this. Oh, okay. Yeah, she she did love Liza, and she said she loved Liza, but she thought that Liza wasn't the type of girl to settle down, so she didn't want that for her son. So was she low-key calling her a hoe, a strumpet? I don't know. I think, yeah. I think that's like a way Because she knew Judy that. Garland. Yeah. Yeah, because they were both at MGM. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't, that sounds shady to me, especially knowing what we know about her. I know, like, dude. Oh. I know. I hate those little snippets of her yeah. actual fucking personality coming out. Just stay in character, bitch. We don't <laughs> we don't want to know the real you. In the mid-1980s, she tried to resurrect her career and hosted a two-part Three's Company special clips episode. Whoa. She also made a TV movie about an elderly homeless woman, which had mixed reviews. And she attempted a sitcom, Life with Lucy, in 1986, which was canceled after two months. Mm. Then in May 1988, she suffered a heart attack. But she recovered and attended the 1989 Oscars, where she was presenting with Bob Hope, and they obtained a standing ovation. On April 18, 1989, just months after her appearance at the Oscars, Lucy was at her home when she started to complain of chest pains. She was rushed to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. She underwent heart surgery for eight hours after having suffered an aortic aneurysm. Mm -hmm. The surgery was successful, and she got a bunch of well wishes from Hollywood. The Hard Rock Cafe across the street from the hospital put up a sign that said, Hard Rock Loves Lucy. Oh, that's tight. Dude, she's a fucking icon. No, she's a legend. People do that shit for icons. Fuck yeah. She is Hollywood. Like She's what you think of when you think of fucking old Hollywood. You think of her. Yeah. However, eight days later, she suffered severe back pain and lost consciousness. She suffered an additional abdominal aneurysm and passed away at 5.47 a.m. She was 77 years old. She had a long life. Yeah. She was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President George Bush. George W. Bush. W? Really? Yeah. No, no. Like, it's senior, though. H.W. Oh, yeah. H.W. My bad. Okay, she was posthumously <laughs> awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President George Bush <laughs> on July 6, 1989. She was also awarded the Women's International Center's Living Legacy Award. Her hometown has a little Lucy Desi Museum, and she was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Important People of the Century. 
She was given a commemorative stamp by the U.S. Postal Service and TV Guide showed her a bunch of love and she was on the cover more than any other person and she still holds that title. That's tight. Kate Blanchett was set to star as Lucy in a film about <gasps> Lucille Ball to be what? written by Aaron Sorkin. I would watch the shit out of that. This went down in 2015. As of 2017, Amazon Studios has acquired the rights to the film. I know, oh my God. No, we're going to have a whole fucking day about Hell it, girl. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Due to her support for the women's movement, Lucille Ball was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2001. She was a feminist of her time. She played a housewife, but she was non-traditional, loud, goofy. Yeah, her hair and clothes were perfect for the most part, but she wasn't afraid to get dirty, so to speak. I Love Lucy was one of the first shows to be centered on a female character. She was the first female CEO of a major production company, first interracial couple on TV, and her husband was younger than her, which was unheard of at the time. She demanded that her pregnancy be shown on the network, and she actually wasn't the first pregnancy on TV. There was a smaller show that did it before, but it didn't have the same impact that Lucy's pregnancy did. Sure. She was also 40 years old when I Love Lucy started, and ageism for women, as we know, is a huge deal in Hollywood. Yeah. And maybe these things seem a little bit small to us now, but back when she did it, it was fucking breaking down huge barriers. I'm sure. Lucy was super complex, and I know there's a lot of awful shit out there about her. Basically, she was uppity, stuck up, and rude. But maybe that's what helped her get to where she got back in the day. She was a woman in a man's world, and I'm not trying to make excuses for her, obviously. And if anybody I knew ever called someone a servant, I would never speak to that person again. Mm -hmm. But this was a different time, and I know she wasn't perfect, but I still love Lucy. Ah, yay! <laughs> Way to stick the landing on that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was great. I a couple things about Lucy. Hell yeah. The one of the one of the things that I always think about when I think about her is like in her early career, why it never really worked, like why she never became a movie star. Right. You know? Because they would always say like, oh, she's not pretty enough. Uh-huh. She's Which, not like a uh, textbook, like for the time. I mean, she, she's competing with Elizabeth Taylor, Marilyn Monroe, yes. you know? But I think that she, she is like, oh, she she's is beautiful. Yeah. Especially as a redhead, I think. Yeah. yeah Which not sure. a lot of women can pull off. Yeah, I know. So I always thought that was weird, though. Like, I think that maybe because she was funny, I think yeah. that like the, they just didn't want to look at her. Like, they didn't a woman want a couldn't funny be, role. A woman couldn't be beautiful and funny at the same time. That's my thing. That's why I think maybe she took on that like stark oh persona of being uppity because she had to try to make it in a man's world, and she had been shut down so often by the person yeah. that she actually was, just like funny and shit. Right. You know, that's right. my thing. I don't know, though, you know, but that's all the only reason I could see for her having that attitude. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, I can see that. Oh. Well, that's Lucy, guys. All right. Now I'm going to do the vitamin to Benjamin thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends. I'm your vitamin to Benjamin girl. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out <laughs> at parties? Are you unpopular? Well, are you? Well, the answer to all your problems is in this little bottle, Vitamita Vegemin. Vitamita Vegemin contains vitamins, meats, vegetables, and minerals. Yes, with Vitamita Vegemin, you can spoon your way to health. <laughs> it's so tasty, too. Just like candy. So why don't you join the thousands of happy, happy people and take a great big <laughs> bottle of Vitamita Vegemin to home tomorrow. That's Vitamita Vegemin. Wink. <laughs> 
<laughs> Those are the pills that Judy Garland was on. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all she wrote. That's that's all, folks. Why don't you give us a call at 505-539-0556. Wait. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that that is yeah, it. I had so to sing. I, I had to sing it in Spanish so that <laughs> you could get it. No, so I could get it. it. Yeah. Okay. And also, why don't you hit us up on social media like Kate Del Castillo did? <laughs> oh, don't kill us though. <laughs> We're on Insta and Twitter at Drama Club Pod, and you can also email us, which a lot of you guys have been emailing us for uh, story stuff. That's probably the best way, the best place. Yeah, because then it's kind of hard for us to find where where you requested it. Yeah. So if you want to request a story hit us up via email at drama club pod at gmail what else that's it right that's it thanks guys love you bye however whatever with your helmet